Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Joining me live in studio is John Connors. John, how Hello, are you? how are you? Good, thank you so much for popping back. Thanks for having me. You're only here a few weeks ago, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Just here plugging the player like a shameless little whore. <laughs> That's fine, we'll allow <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So, Ireland's Call, tell, tell me, what's it about? Um, well, it came about about a year ago when I seen Emma Curran putting out a tweet about the Show on the Bag programme in the Fringe, which Dublin Old School, his successful play that was huge, was launched off that uh, platform. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity um, to try to get involved in this platform. And I just pitched for something online immediately from that tweet. It clicked into the link. And it was actually for a musical originally. And uh, the Fringe and Fish Amble and the Irish Theatre Institute, they called me in for a meeting and an interview and I had a gut feeling as I walked in to change the whole idea of the play which I didn't really know what I was even going to be but I pitched something else that eventually ended up being Ireland's Call which is a play about uh, a car. it's a one man show about a character named James who grows up with his two friends English and Pato Pato's father was Nigerian and he grows up sort of feeling the brunt of racism and being a sort of an outsider and a reject and his other friend English was born in England and came back when he was two years old but his mother and father's from Derry and then the character of James who I tell the story through his mother and father were heroin addicts so the three of them are sort of rejects together and their dream is growing up was after seeing Kevin and Perry go large was to go to Ibiza so they realised the dream and go to Ibiza they started the play and we get into sort of drugs and it's a lot of fun and games a lot of it because you, you see the sort of glory of drugs because there's a reason why people get into them and then you see the downfall and it kind of goes up and down like a seesaw and we explore subjects like colonialism uh, homelessness uh, clerical abuse the gener- generational impact of clerical abuse and trauma overall in Ireland um, and lots of different subjects like suicide it's all kind of running through the place so all kind of themes that uh, are very important to me that I, I felt I could put into this play uh, I could voice it myself and then obviously just kind of create an interesting story because I love stories you know I don't want it to just be a rant which it isn't and I think it's the reason why it's resonated so far we've been touring now for months you know we started off in the fringe 11 shows we did two festivals after that and then we did 20 shows in March and then we did Paris and Australia and the Stole and it's just been kind of a mad ride, you know. It's amazing. So what what confuses me is if it's a one-man show, yeah. how do you play three people? Oh, well, it was more than three people. It's not really playing it. See, I'm doing it in a, in a way that I'm, I'm, well, I suppose a lot, of the th- a lot of the things in the play is, a lot of the subjects are sort of criticisms of Ireland and the state of Ireland, you know, not its people, the state or government and what has happened over the last hundreds of years and hundreds of years. And the manifestation of those acts and, and how, how it plays out now in working class communities across Ireland. So in that sense, it's a critical eye on Ireland. Um, and the class system in particular is one, one of the big uh, the subjects in it. But in the way that I tell it, I tell it in the old Shanachie style of storytelling, which is to me then giving it a positive vehicle in which to convey the message. Uh, because I think we're losing a lot of that stuff, our culture. Uh, that old Shanaghy style, that stuff, that, the stuff that makes us Irish, that I think is really positive and we could be done with. I mean, if you go back to pre-colonisation, uh, one of the most dangerous people in the two of the clan, the culture we used to have in Gaelic Ireland, was the local poet or bard, 
um, because um, they, they would put the king under or high king or high queen under ransom almost with with poetry and art and songs that could damn them and actually overthrow them. Uh, so we had artists were always the ones who stood up against the, the aristocrats in Ireland. Uh, and then it's and then also artists then were the leaders of all the revolutions in Ireland f- after that, uh, uh, the, the 16 Rising and before that and after that. So I wanted to give it that sort of eagle of the Shanachie style of, of, of storytelling and I, t- I tell it in a story way, you know, and try to make it as natural as possible too because it's one of the things that I, I think we don't really have in Ireland. There was a revolution in the 1950s in the theatre in America, in New York, where they start... Um, acting realistically on stage for the first time at Montgomery Clift and Mar- Marlon Brando and actors like that and we never really had that like I don't buy into this thing that everything has to be over the top and projected and your posture has to be a certain way and all this sort of stuff and you make it way bigger I don't think you have to do that I think if you're coming from an honest place it's going to resonate no matter what so it's done in a very kind of realistic way Okay, and when you were kind of writing this and sticking it all together, did mm. you go off and do research and base these characters no. off genuine people, or is it just kind of your I own? I didn't experience? research nothing; just my life experience. Yeah, I, I basically, I I blagged it that day in the interview. I didn't really know what I was wanting to do, but I got a good feeling that I wanted to say something. And what happened in the interview, which was so unusual for me, was I was met with these people, these beautiful people from the fringe, from the Irish Irish Theatre Institute, and Fishamble, who were telling me, John, if we choose you for the show in the bag program. We really want this to be radical. We want you to go no holds barred with this. Which I couldn't believe because in the film industry I'm being told the opposite. And I've been told to water everything down and dilute my message as a writer. And I'm going, what? I literally said, are you kidding me? (laughs) I said, no problem. I said, I'll go balls to the wall with it. But I I didn't really know what I was going to do. And uh, I remember it was about a week to go before we had to show our work. And but we had to show our work and we had to have basically a rough draft of the play or finished. And by then, by then, most people had their play finished or a rough draft. I had not one word written um, because I was just sort of letting it stew over in my head. And one night, I think I was watching The Sopranos and I just started texting into my phone. Uh, and it was just a monologue, basically. And I just kept writing. And honestly, for the most part, I didn't know what I was writing. It was really, a lot of it was really unconscious because I was looking back and I was going, what the fuck am I writing here? And... Um, I start writing all this stuff and all this sort of political stuff, but what was the true line that was going through the whole thing was this thing about father and son and this thing of spirituality and serendipity and synchronicity and faith kept going through the piece. And I was going, where the fuck is this coming from, you know? And by the time I put it on the stage and the fringe, me and Jimmy Smallhorn, who was the director, who helped me put the thing together as well and construct it and bring out the best parts of it that he thought as well and just was unbelievable in the whole process of teaching me actually a lot about myself, he, he, Jimmy did. We realised that this whole thing was 20 years after my father committed suicide was me trying to deal with my father's death and realising that I actually never grieved for my father. Uh, and it just hit me, literally the open of the night. And the whole thing ended up being about that. And once I knew what the true line was and the core, the nucleus of the piece, I kind of went with that then. And, and, and that's the emotional stuff that actually connects because a lot of people are resonating with the issues but it's the emotional stuff that really hits people hard, you know? Of course. Would you describe yourself as spiritual? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. In, in what sense? Um, I'd, I'd say I'm a deist. I'd say uh, I believe in a higher power or God that created the universe but not an all-watching, all-judging God. I think it was a God they sort of just off. You know what I mean? In that, you know what I mean? Like a creator. I think God is even the wrong word. I don't know, like you. It's just a word to be used in our own vernacular. Uh, but there's, 
without a doubt to me, uh, a, a higher power, a creator, like without it. There's no, it's not even belief either. It's knowing. I actually know. I've, my life has been saved by something else that has happened. My father's been on my shoulder at different points of my life and saved my life. And I actually put this into the play. It's stuff that is, actually, that is unbelievable and different things that, that, are, that are undeniable that has happened, that I've witnessed and felt and I felt him with me, and he saved me life. So there's something else going on that I don't actually have my finger on right now. It'll probably take my whole life to figure it out, but it's something, there's something bigger, you know. And it's not just, everybody has a fear of death, I think, and fear of losing other people. And you should, sometimes people, you know, rationalize that with religion and stuff. But, uh, and so I went through that sort of self-reflection, and it's a lot more than that for me because I've just had profound moments in my life that have, that have uh, sent me down a path that is that is mad. I look back now and I, I can't believe where I am, you know. Like, I tried to do the whole atheism thing when I was, you know, suicidal. I thought it was the answer to the, to to my prayers, ironically. And I just couldn't do it because the science kept coming, you know. But you sort of have to be open to it. If you're open to it, you'll see it, you know. Yeah, no, So that's 100%. throughout the play, you know. Like, <laughs> nowadays, you know, in art and in theatre and in film and television, it's very popular to be an atheist and to explore atheism, you know. So I did sort of what the opposite is, which is actually embracing spirituality. And, you know, there's criticisms in it of the Catholic Church on that. So I'm not, that's not the, what I'm embracing. I'm embracing spirituality. And we had that before the Catholic Church. And we had that before colonialism in Ireland, you know, for a long, long time. 100%. Yeah, no, mm. definitely. So I know there's one overriding theme. Mm. But what are the smaller themes that we're going to see next? You were saying to me earlier on, homelessness is going to be a big part of it, suicide. Yeah, homelessness, yeah, there, there's stuff we just kind of touch on because there's a, there's, a particular, there's a particular speech, a particular monologue at a certain point in a sort of climactic um, scene where the character is uh, sort of let down by another character who comes from a very upper-class background the car- and he feels used by this character and he... He confronts her in a rugby club in front of a group of sort of upper class people who are singing Ireland's Call. And that song to this character and to me represents a lot of what's wrong with Ireland, which is just uh, the sort of, first of all, the lies and our sort of false uh, unity that we have. um, Because it's talking about together standing tall and shoulder to shoulder, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, so the character is angered by that and the, and, and the hypocrisy of that. And he offloads a sort of tirade, a monologue, criticising everything that is absolutely wrong with Ireland and how everything has gone wrong in that moment. You know, and it's a homelessness, you know, Carrick Mines and and, uh, and um, um, the fire that happened... Uh, you know the memorial the that's in the the the, the fire that went off in uh, in the north side in the eighties and it's in me it's in me playing I can't remember it. Um, the one in the club now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the star thing. Stardust. The Stardust. Oh, okay, yeah, so he yeah. names sort of events that has happened in Ireland. That how did we stand by and watch this happen? You know uh, the tune babies. You know and everything that is happening. Children getting sold off to the Yanks or or like a literally one. I think one one part of the play I go. Um, uh, what happened to the babies? They were sold sold off to the Yanks, or worse, thrown in a septic tank. How many babies thrown in a septic tank? Could you anyone? Well, it wasn't user babies, was it? Nah, shoulder to shoulder, standing tall. So this is sort of what we go through. So that kind of encapsulates the anger of the play. But what the message actually is about the play is that, first of all, we're all deeply suffering. 
right? We're all deeply traumatized in this country. And there's so many things we haven't faced. And we get over things too quickly. Or we pretend to get over things. And we just put the carpet over the whole thing and say, forget about that. And we walk on top of that carpet. And we don't want to deal with that again. And that gets buried in our own consciousness. And then that manifests in really bad ways. So the play is about, we are hurting collectively as a people. All of us. And there's so much that we haven't got through. And there's so much in every one of our families, no matter what background you come from, upper, middle, working, doesn't matter, social welfare, everybody is hurting but there always is a way and we can heal ourselves you know and we can help each other to heal ourselves instead of what we do which is just get mildly drunk and then have a hug when we're drunk then and do that (laughs) you know what I mean that's what we do as Irish people so Mm -hmm. it's about sort of facing all the things we're afraid of facing you know and and I just threw them all out and go well what are we going to do about it that's essentially what it's about you know and you have the answer well, you know, the thing is, like, it sounds so fucking cheesy, and we talked about this last time, the thing is about talking about this stuff and being, not just talking, but being very aware of it, being very aware that sometimes this is what drives our actions, you know, and, and stuff that are, that is traumatising to us are, are, are creating different barriers and defence mechanisms, mechanisms against other people that can manifest in hate and other stuff and self-destructiveness, and it's realising and being conscious of all this stuff. That's what helps you heal, you know, and then also being understanding of other people when you see them in pain. You know, and being there for them, not saying I'm going to be there for you just to be the mate, actually being genuinely interested in what is wrong with them and trying to get to the bottom of it and not leaving until you find some sort of resolution between both of you, you know. 100%. And I know that we were talking about pride when you first came in. Mm. Is there is there anything to do with pride in this? Uh, I suppose anything... <laughs> Actually, no, maybe that's probably the one. <laughs> There's a criticism of the Catholic Church overall. Uh, no, actually, that's not one. That's not something that just never went into it, I suppose. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Well, but something I totally support. Everything. I mean, yeah. like, I was, yeah, like, I'm literally hitting on probably every single issue that's, that I think is wrong with the country. But uh, I think one thing we're got, we've gotten over is our attitudes towards LGBT people. Uh, and I was actually. Last night, me and Damien Dempsey was walking through Dublin. Uh, we went and watched the film, and we just walked through Dublin off to drink both of us, and I have a player coming up to his gig. And um, walking through Dublin and just seeing just so many people uh, happy and no negativity. And Damien said to me, he said, no, man, he said, like, if this was a few decades ago, this would be, you'd see nobody out here, you know? And, like, uh, to be gay, it was only decriminalised, I think it was in 1993. And and I was actually one thing I was going, you know, the rest of them are criticism of Ireland. I suppose we're at a stage now where we're sort of over this because actually we're proud now to say these we accept these people and we're kind of getting we're getting over that sort of bullshit, you know. So it was a really positive vibe actually walking through town last night, you know. I was actually only saying that to someone earlier on. I said, mm. this is the first year that I feel like it's actually being accepted. Even last yeah. year, I felt like there was still like a little bit of underlying hate. Yeah, I know. The only like slight criticism I'd have of the whole thing, and it's me being a bit of a contrarian. It's, it's not like you'd criticise uh, <laughs> is Is all the sort of corporate types that have come on board, and guards, and then army, and PSNIs, and all these, all these different groups. That do be involved, in it. and I just don't know. Like you know, a friend of mine said he came up, he came, he came at it from a very, um, a very interesting point of view. He said like, being gay was always a ver- you were always sort of a rebel and, and a revolutionary because you were just so rejected. And now it's becomes it's now it's it's becoming commercialized and uh, in 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 a sort of negative way. And these people are sort of jumping on the bandwagon. Like there was an alternative pride, people who went against all the corporate stuff. I saw that. And I think that where was that? That was up in uh, I think one of the the Rosie Hackett Bridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, if I was in town actually going to put pride, I would have gone there. Uh, that's just me going against all the big corporates. 
I, I get what you're saying, but I completely. Well, listen, a lot of people know. are not even really political. You know what I mean? And they're just going to enjoy themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there, that's that's me criticism. Oh, John, we yeah. are going so well. I know. I have to share. Oh my god! Anyways, back to Ireland's call. Yeah, <laughs> where where can people find it if they want? Uh, to well, I'm doing the new Temple Bar Theatre this Tuesday, the second to the sixth. Two shows on the Saturday, the last day, and then the sixteenth, no, the seventeenth and eighteenth in Donegal in the Aragall Festival, and that'll be it for a few months. Then I'm back on the road in autumn with it. Then and uh, yeah, continuing on of something huge on next year that I can't announce yet, but uh, that's going to be big, and I think it's going to be a way to kind of end the play then. You know, because I believe in I believe things should have an ending. You know, a lot of people kind of detour things for like ten years if they can. Um, I won't be so. Next year, I'll just do a one big event and sort of just end the play and then move on to the next play. Amazing! Thank you so much for coming down. Thanks for having me.